This is Our Point with Zach and Carmen. I was going to say good morning right off the top of the bat, but it's not morning. It it's is now morning. afternoon, like switching it up. Mm-hmm. You look good with that like afternoon daylight in your office. Like it's Why? perfect. Thank you. <laughs> wow. It's great. I mean, I could, I can adjust the light with. That's a little too much, but that, that's, ni- that's nice. That's some nice. Soft, yeah, soft nice. curtain. Mm-hmm. Well, good because I'm constantly on Zoom meetings for work. So it's nice to know mm-hmm. that I'm in a flattering space. I'm rearranging my office and desk space upstairs. I see that. I, I noticed that you were at a different angle. I'm turning it so I can like look out a window. Of course, the window just stares at somebody's roof. So all I see is shingles, but there's some sun, there's some light. And I've ordered uh, Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox wallpaper, which I'm incredibly excited about. So once that gets up, I'm going to have a great view, but I'm just trying some doing things out. I enjoy how we're talking about things our listeners can't see so i hope we're painting you an appropriate word picture pointers yes i mean before this i was just staring at a wall Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. now that i have you know another three four months of work from home with the pandemic which probably will be extended who the hell knows at this point might as well make it even more comfortable i agree yes totally totally agree I need, I need some more art. I need some more art for my office. Oh, I just got some art that you might <laughs> any, be interested in. Any that you could share? <laughs> that you might be interested in. So some of our listeners know I did a stint as a nude model in the late 2000s in Brookings. Carmen loves to talk about this. It was like a highlight of her life. Well, it's a, it's a fun fact that like not everyone has. It's, it's an interesting thing that I have done. Have you ever used that as an icebreaker? Totally. <laughs> okay. It's like, that'd be, that'd be a good icebreaker. I mean, particularly like at Prairie Berry, that was, we did a lot of icebreakers. <laughs> anyway, so out of the blue, this guy that I went to college with Facebooked me and was like, hey, long story short, my dad has these two paintings of you because his dad was in one of the <laughs> artist groups that I modeled for. And he was like, would you like them? And I was like, absolutely, I would like them. That is so lovely. Like, um, he was like, great, I'm driving through. Uh, so I met him yesterday at the Flying J. What? So this massive, massive parking lot, gas station, Denny's combo. Oh my God, you need to go pull, hold these up so I can look at them. <laughs> Go get them. I am not going to go. They're hanging. One's already hanging up. Oh, come on. This is going to be so great. I have to see one. Well, I was like, I can, I took a picture of them. Okay. Okay. Send me a picture. Uh, so <laughs> uh, one is small. And so he, we're just chatting, you know, catching up. And the other one is huge. And so he gives it, to, <laughs> it's like three feet by two feet. And he was like, this is one of my favorite pieces that my dad has done because he had asked me if I wanted these like six months ago and then whatever reason um, we weren't able to connect. And so he's like, I hope it's not weird, but my, my wife and I just hung it up for a while. (laughs) Oh my God. And I was like, it's a little weird, I guess. (laughs) But 
but I too really it, it is really lovely um because you were when you told me about it you were worried that it wasn't going to be very like the drawings weren't going to be very good well right I mean this was so long ago and it was like a community artist group and he is um does quite a bit of painting his name is John Rittrick um and I do like one more than the other and then the, the so the one that I think is really lovely I just hung it in the guest room because I was like where does one hang a naked picture of <laughs> oneself in the guest room so this so is hanging out this is hanging in the guest room yeah oh my gosh and it's big that's the one that's um I feel so uncomfortable staring at your tits right now <laughs> when I'm doing you asked to see it I guess I just thought it was gonna be like I don't know rose <laughs> from the titanic I mean, it kind uh, of is so anyway I have these two paintings of me it's good quality that are naked yes they are very they're very nice quality one hanging in the guest room and so then but he's handing this to me like in public like here is a painting of a naked lady and i was like oh let's walk over to my car and then i did, like they didn't charge me for these they just were like here i'd like you to have them did he die and, no he did not die he just like this are from 2006 and he's still painting i imagine uh that he just was trying to thin the stash i haven't the slightest idea how this happened all i know is i traded him a bottle of wine uh, to thank him for meeting me and delivering them. Look and that's for the sun. That's not even are. for the painter. What? Your boobs are so perky. Uh, yeah, well, I was 26 then. You Those were the your, days. You even had your fingernails painted. I know. I saw that detail too. Okay, but okay. so for people that don't understand, <laughs> Carmen is just sprawled out naked on a bench. And it looks like you're sleeping. Are you sleeping in this? I did often... Well, it was easier to close your eyes if that, because you had to lay there for so long. That makes sense. So sometimes, yes, I would fall asleep. And then other times, if they were working on your face, you had to try really hard to like not blink all of the time or like keep your eyes open. So I remember drinking a lot of tab energy drink. I don't oh. even know if that's around anymore. Wow. But like sometimes you like the paintings would take over 24 hours and we just did them in either two or four hour chunks and i got paid 20 bucks an hour to just nap naked it was a really good job <laughs> sounds like sounds like a great job well that that is great do you think you're going to leave it in your guest room like what are you going to do when your nieces come over to like sleep in there oh i don't i I have no problem with my nieces sleeping in a room with a naked lady picture. I imagine my sister wouldn't give care either. Um, and then when grandma comes, I will just close the door. <laughs> I love this. But, I love this. But when you come over to sleep on the futon, it's going to be there. I might have to put like a towel over it or something. <laughs> like, it's aggressive. I thought the vagina pillow was a lot. This is taking it up a notch. So... I mean, this is the problem with you having a small house and you going through an art phase. Yeah, you don't have a lot of options. I don't have a lot of, well, because I have like four Jennifer White paintings. And so I could, because I have a different naked lady in my bedroom, I could like move that one. But then, I don't know, is that narcissistic to have a naked picture of myself in my bedroom? Probably less narcissistic than having it in the room where your guests can look at you. Hmm. You're welcome, guests. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Everything about this is hilarious. You're welcome. 
I was really excited as it was happening last night. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to tell everybody on the podcast. This is so weird. It is weird. It is very, very weird, but that's crazy. I don't, I don't have any stories besides like going to school and being tired. I, nobody's paint. <laughs> well, I will never let anybody paint a naked picture of me. So that's not happening. Oh, it's so nerve wracking. I mean, maybe not until you tried it in college and skinning year. I'm definitely not doing it right now. Well, I was thinner then because I was, that was when I was uh, working at Curves. <laughs> and that's how they found me, actually, because I was talking about being a theater kid and managing the Curves. And one of the women at Curves was in this artist group. And she was like, hey, we need a model. Would you be interested in modeling for our little community group? And it was like, Yes. That is a that is a thing that I can do. So I modeled for them for probably like a year and a half, two years. And then there was a professor at SDSU that I would model for on the weekends. And then even when I moved to Sioux Falls, I would drive back up for 20 bucks an hour um, and pose for him. And then I tried to pose for a class at Augie after I moved here. And I oh. didn't care for it as much. So hmm. that was the end of that. Well, that was a pretty good paying job back in the day. Uh, yeah, it was. Carmen, can you just lounge around <laughs> naked? For, yes, exactly. yes, I can. Maybe you should have been unionized. Well, speaking of unions, I don't know the the naked model. I don't know like what kind of numbers you could garner in order to unionize. But I've really been following this story out of Minnesota, and as I want to do, I found a publication that supported my version of the story that I liked. Mm. So this is from workdayminnesota.org, which it does appear to be a union website. Great. Uh, so the article is called Workers Tap. It's an important pun later. <laughs> Workers Tap into, the, into Community Support Put Surly on Notice, We're Not Done Here by Michael Moore. And it says union advocate after his name. So author and union advocate. So Surly Brewing Company, who I have enjoyed for years, even before they distributed in South Dakota, uh, I have enjoyed their product and they have a huge brewery and tap room in Minneapolis. And on Mon two Mondays ago, yes, uh, they, the workers, uh, notify their employer that they planned to unionize through Unite here, Local 17. And on Wednesday, Surly sent them all a email saying that they are being laid off and that the brewery will be closing indefinitely as of November 2nd. And we understand that our timing is not ideal. And so... The beer community is super pissed about it. And I, um, as you know, I used to work for a minor brewing company. So I'm familiar with the uh, brewing community in uh, both states. And so the Unite Here Local 17. So I've been following this now for about like 10 days, two weeks. And the um, they had a big Labor Day uh, protest, which is pretty awesome. They had nearly 200 people in the streets outside the beer hall in Minneapolis on Monday, which is kind of cool because the whole like history of Labor Day is about labor and the, lab and the workforce and 
how the reason we have holidays and the reason we have overtime and the reason we have so many things uh, that weekends are all due to the work of unions. And so it was fun in this article, they uh, interviewed other union workers and there was a um, Kyle Carr, who's a member of the Minneapolis Firefighters Local 82, was marching in his bunker gear and he's like, what a better way to spend Labor Day. <laughs> Like just showing solidarity, uh, which I just thought was really great. And he had previously worked in the food service industry and they're just looking for the same things that I've been taking for granted as part of a large national union. Yeah. You know, they, they just want to have a say in uh, a voice in the job, a voice in their safety, a voice in their welfare. And um, it is real disappointing that Surly did not voluntarily accept them and also that they are just closing the beer hall altogether. Yeah. It's, I mean, I love that they, obviously they had a bunch of different union members all joined together, right? Because there was the nurse association, commercial food workers, educators, firefighters. So they had union members from all over the place joining in the, in their, in their protest, which I thought was really great. When this news came out, it was, pretty shocking to a bunch of us because like you said this beer hall is it's it's a gigantic space Surly's probably one of the biggest breweries here in Minneapolis for everybody to go to um it's a really popular fun spot and they had just kind of did a, a big huge renovation and so um I know my friend group around here everybody was kind of like holy shit I can't believe this is happening kind of like really taken aback by it um, in the news stories and stuff that have happened around here, you know, they say that this was coming well before the employees deciding to unionize. And I mean, I don't really know what quite to believe. Part of me thinks it makes sense in the time of COVID that their numbers are really down. And, you know, there there's lots of really great restaurants and bars around here that have closed. So I imagine, I mean, I've tried to go to Surly during the pandemic and I guess a couple of months ago when Michael's brother and sister-in-law were in town, we went and it was a pretty arduous task to to be able to, um, to go. And then Minneapolis also imposed even more rules on bars, um, you know, and we're shutting them down again. So I could also understand if they decided that they needed to focus on the primary source of business, which is actually brewing and distributing beer, not having a huge event hall. Um, and I only say that because they've kind of changed what this beer hall has been a couple of times. There used to be a really, really nice, expensive steak restaurant up in the the top level of the, the brew hall, and that mm-hmm. failed. And they went to kind of like a pizza situation, and they used to have food downstairs, but then they got rid of the so. It's just this place has changed a few times over the last couple of years. So it doesn't seem impossible that it just happened to be a perfect storm that the employees decided to unionize. They were looking to close anyways, or maybe they were just huge jackasses and decided they're like 40 employees that were working not in the brewery was worthy of closing a multi-million dollar, you know, beer hall. I don't know. It just didn't seem, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I read about six articles trying to find the one that I wanted. And in one article, they did interview one of the workers. And she said that 
she thinks the we've been planning this for two weeks was bullshit because they had just hired 12 employees within the last six weeks and some of them hadn't even been through all of their orientation shifts yet and she was like if you were planning this you would not have hired those people and and took on new staff so uh the what's uh i enjoyed about the end of this article this so one of the women that they have i saw her in several different of these articles so i don't know if she's um necessarily a spokesperson or if she just isn't if she's totally into it um but they asked her if she had any regrets so far uh, as she's out there um on the picket line essentially and she's like absolutely not uh i've never organized anything in my life maybe my sock drawer um it's been a real education and i would do it again in a second and they point out that she joined the rally after finishing a shift behind the bar because they were open on labor day Mm-hmm. Uh, while they were picking, so she's caught the bug now. It sounds like so that's mm-hmm. always um, yeah exciting. So best of luck. Um, but did you see? Because it's also a Minnesota company, Fair State uh, Brewing. Their employees just unionized and they voluntarily recognized them. And I'm gonna get this wrong. I should have written it down. Are they're like the first small craft brewing fully union staff? Because a lot of the big um, like Budweiser and a lot of those big guys are union. Um, but as far as like the small craft scene, there aren't many of them. So congrats to Fair State Brewing. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Well, that ties in with my article that I saw over the weekend um, in Huffington Post titled Majority of U.S. Adults Under 30 Now Living with Parents of Study Finds by Dara Sign. And this study comes actually from the Pew Research Center And they have found that more than half of adults, 52% or 26.6 million folks under the age of 30 are living with one or both of their parents as of July. And that is up from 47% in February. And that exceeds the previous high of 98 or 48%, excuse me, in 1940, according to the census data. Um, It's also the highest recorded level from the census going back to 1900, but apparently they don't have a lot of data during the Great Depression, which they imagine was probably worse. Um, But they have seen that this has been an increase um, and an upward trend really since the 1960s. And that COVID of course has exacerbated this, especially as you look at the sharpest increase has been between those from 18 to 24, 63% of that age group is was living with their parents in February and as of July it is 71%. Um, and the number of households headed um, headed by an 18 to 19 year old declined by 1.9 million people. So again, those age groups are moving out of their houses and moving back in with their parents. I mean, obviously they're seeing probably a huge reason for this is what you know COVID is affecting the service industry, hospitality, travel agencies, pairing that with just the overwhelming increase of, of debt that young people are coming out of college um, with. They're seeing, I mean, there, a lot of this is, is college degree, people with college degrees. Um, historically, white folks have been the lowest percentage of people that are living with their parents behind Black Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, 
but that gap is closing and the biggest increase, which has driven it over the 50% mark to 52% is actually among white people um, under 30. And so I just, the study to me was, I mean, I, I, it is mind blowing seeing it in print. It is not mind blowing thinking about my friend group and my situation as somebody who's lived with their parents. I mean, I know so many people under 30, over 30 that are living with their parents and have been for a substantial period of time, primarily because they've went through now two huge economic situations saddled with, you know, a shitload of debt and you just can't afford anything. And, and our jobs don't pay, don't, don't pay. We haven't seen an increase in wages in a very long time. So I don't know. It's just shocking to me to think that 52%, a majority of people under 30 live at home with their parents. This blew my mind. And like you said, like everything, it makes perfect sense. Like, of course, uh, if you, what I consider like jobs that I had when I was in that age group, definitely those would have gone away. And what do you, cause you, then you can't go, if you've lost your job doing something in tourism, you can't necessarily like quick go grab a waitressing job to tide you over until you're, until you find something else in your field because your field has collapsed and no one's hiring um, restaurant workers because they're just trying to keep paying the ones that they have. So it is a, it is a wild time. And when you look back to, it exceeds the previous high of 1940, which, you know, is coming off the heels of the great depression. It's just wild. And then how long is this going to last? Right. So it's not like, well, they talked initially that, you know, they thought maybe that the increase was because of people, you know, wanting to quarantine with their family and yada, yada, yada. But now this has been going on for six plus months. Um, and this just might, yeah, again, who knows when this is going to be over. And this number is probably going to rise instead of fall. Yes, it definitely, I, I doubt, has peaked with what we're seeing right now. I don't know. Get Cut your young folks some slacks. They got a lot of stuff on their plate. Um, And I don't know, all the times when they would be establishing their careers, once again, they have been hit with like an insurmountable wave. First, they had the Great Recession in 2008, 2009 that they had to navigate. And now just when they were starting to gain some traction, they get smacked with this again. So I don't know. Well, and this is going to have like lifelong repercussions because they haven't been able to climb that corporate ladder with whatever their field was because everyone is trying to do so much more with less. Uh, your, if your wages have been cut, you know, you get promotions based on, um, or you get raises based on what your current salary is. And it's going to take years to make up the salaries that people have lost. And it's, yeah, it's not great. Not great. I need some more. LaCroix. Oh, I have Diet Coke today. Diet Coke? I haven't seen you drink a Diet Coke in a long time. Really changed it up. I bought the Diet Coke maybe for our Kansas City road trip, and I had had some in the fridge. All right. Go pop another one. All right. Okay. So I was on the Twitter this morning, Mm. and there was just a tweet that said, what are you kidding me? Lots of question marks and exclamation points. And I was like, well, yes, I, 
I would like to know what is happening here. And it was a screenshot of an event that the University of Michigan Dearborn was having, and it was called the Non-POC Cafe. And here they're using the word cafe as in a, a gathering as opposed to a coffee shop, a gathering of people. A gathering of white people that's, that is non-people of color cafe, and it spells it out on the UM Dearborn like Instagram page. The non-POC, people of color cafe, is a space for students that do not identify as persons of color to gather and discuss their experiences on campus as non-POC people in, like, in the world, hosted by the Center for Social Justice and Inclusion. And there, there was a lot of, a lot of feelings about that, because they also had BIPOC cafe, so for uh, Black, Indigenous, people of color, they had their own cafe, and someone was like, this is, like, literal fucking segregation like you have just made two events for white people and non-white people and are you fucking kidding me and so like somebody reached out and they're like oh my god that's totally not what we meant (laughs) i can't wrap my head around this fuck up like it is so dumb and like now i think it's even made it out to like major news networks that this is <laughs> I made it out. I mean, how fucking stupid do you have to be to a white people only event? So in the statement, then of course the university quickly tried to explain themselves. Uh, and it said that the events were virtual open conversations developed to allow students to connect and process current events and share their experiences, uh, which should ideally have been a non-segregated event. But then it goes on to say, UM Dearborn sincerely regrets the terms used to describe the cafe events. Like, oh, do you think? (laughs) Well, I mean white only cafe wouldn't have been any better i like the university is like really doubling like tripling down on this like we're not sorry we had the event we're just sorry that we named it poorly well they yes they are very um sorry that they didn't describe it in (laughs) a way and it but it comes like it was from the I know, like it was hosted people. by the Center for Social Justice and Inclusion. So, like, if anybody was gonna not screw this up, it should have been them. But unless I... it's only white guys that are white males that are in charge mm-hmm. of this club, which wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I don't. So, don't most college campuses have like a multicultural center or something like that? Was which which is what I usually believe would who handled this, but like. White people are not so, you know, have not had so much power stripped that they yet need to celebrate a white person of history month or anything like this. Like, we we do just fine. Michigan is not the most diverse place in the entire world. Detroit, um, 
maybe, but rural Michigan, pretty white, pretty white, everybody. So I don't know, like embarrassing. This whole school system is going to get their hands smacked pretty hard. Yeah, this is not not ideal, but I was very like, excited to find it they, this morning. What were they going to complain about? Black Lives Matter? Like, what were well, you in one of the several tweets, but they are they were trying to get it so that um, the white people could learn without having the people of color like basically having to explain everything to them, and so it felt like it was going to be like a guided conversation by the people at the Center for Justice and Inclusion, and um, but still like complete complete disaster complete disaster i'm just not quite sure how you can look at the name of your event as you're typing it and go yes the non-people of color group (laughs) will meet at four (laughs) why wear your khakis (laughs) and bring your torches it's going to be great don't put those tiki torches away yet yeah, we still have a whole whole another month of summer. Um, well, that's funny. One other place that's had a dumpster fire when it comes to dealing with diversity has been the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times had an article entitled The Academy Explains Diversity Rules for Best Picture Oscars by Nicole Sperling. And the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, so the Oscars, came out with new diversity components to the Oscar races, specifically for films that want to be eligible for the best best picture nominations, right? Which would then of course trickle down to all of the other nominations um, because almost all those other categories depend on, you know, are from the best picture movies, but beginning in 2024. So we have a little while still Mm-hmm. Um, the 96 Oscars um, films hoping to qualify there for the best picture category will have to meet inclusion standards both on camera and behind the scenes. So to meet the on-screen representation standard, at least one of the lead actors or a significant supporting actor must be from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group, whether that means uh, Asian, Hispanic, Black, Indigenous, Native American, Middle Eastern, African, Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander. Um, there are also some alternatives. 30% of all of the actors in secondary or minor roles could come from two of the following categories, women or LGBTQ folks, um, or the main storyline um, must focus on an underrepresented group. So again, they did some quotas on who has to be seen on camera, but then they also have roles in place for what like the staff and behind the scenes looks like so all of your cast all of your crew um the the studios themselves and management they all also have to meet like you know 30 percent have to be um of a minority representation so again i think it's it's pretty wild kind of the the standards they put in place that are going to make these films eligible for best pictures and quite frankly it's definitely going to hopefully change um, what we see as representation in the movies um, and hiring practices. You know, the, the Oscars have tried super hard to include 
um, more number, more people of color and women by 2020, just in their voting members. And so they recently this summer invited 819 new members, women and people of color to the academy. Of course, it is still predominantly white at 81% and overwhelmingly male at 67%. But I don't know, I just thought it was really interesting because there's been lots of the last couple of years, every time the Oscars come out, the Oscars so white has been the hashtag as no people of color have been nominated for any of you know the major acting awards. Mm-hmm. And so to be eligible for those awards, they're going to have to meet some pretty rigorous diversity standards. Well, and it's not just like Morgan Freeman can be in the lead and then you qualify. And, and like, everybody else yes. can be white. It has to be inclusive in other ways i think it's very interesting and i imagine like because of 2024 because it takes a long time to make movies unless you're tyler perry other um yep other films seem to take a longer time but from hiring to uh box office so yes yeah i I imagine that's the soonest they could do it yes i imagine so too and apparently like for current um for the current movies, they do have to now include like a diversity waiver or just like some paperwork that shows like where they're currently at for their diversity um, standards. And apparently that is apparently that is part of the decision making process currently. But moving forward, it's going to be much more set in stone that they have to meet these certain benchmarks um, to be nominated. So I don't know. Going to change. Oh, well, that's awesome. Got to start somewhere. Yes. I'm ready with my parting thought. Oh, I've go. had a big week. Okay, I'm ready for it. Uh, so Tuesday was a very stressful day because Monday we had Labor Day. We had the day off. Then Tuesday, I couldn't find my eyeglasses. The hot tub was leaking. Oh, yeah. And I found a dead bat in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> and it was incredibly stressful because i've never had a bat in this house and i've been Mm -hmm. here 13 years and it's a very old house and i i had to and i just left it there like i was just changing out the laundry and i saw a dead thing and then i panicked and then i left and while i was in the denial phase i had to call people Mm -hmm. and then by the time zach called me back he talked me through it on the phone. He was my hype man. And yes. I indeed managed to take a picture of it and like, yep, definitely was a bat. And then I managed to scoop it up and put it outside into the garbage. And then Novak came and took it away. So <laughs> that was, that was a real situation. And then our friend Phil said, stop what you're doing and call <laughs> This place, this bat mitigation place, and I light your house on fire. It is time to leave. Yes, it's time. It's time to go. So uh, the bat people are coming on Monday to assess my bat situation, and then to give me what I can only imagine will be a very expensive quote to do. I was going to say it's going to be good news. I imagine it's good news. Yes. Well, because I I've I've seen no other bat signs of bats oh my god does homeowners insurance cover any of that shit i do not think so although once they fix my bat problem should i have one uh there is a lifetime warranty on 
on that. So I don't know. Felt good about that, I guess. All right. Oof. But um, I'm so excited so every- to get an update on this. <laughs> well, don't worry. I'm going to keep everyone appraised of my bat problem. And um, but I fixed the leak in the hot tub all by myself, and I found my eyeglasses. So by the time I got to Wednesday afternoon, I was killing it. You were on a but roll. Tuesday, man, is not awesome. What do you got? <laughs> um, I don't have anything dramatic. Um, I don't. I don't have bats that I know of. But now I'm terrified every time I hear a noise up here in the attic. <laughs> um, I will just say two things. One. This is a remarkable podcast that we haven't talked about Donald Trump yet, but I'm going to bring it up. What a jackass for, again, and and stupid for deciding to let Bob Woodward interview you on tape for 18 hours. Like, bad idea, Donald Trump. And then also, you're just a jackass for lying. You don't want to panic everybody. I'm pretty sure all you do is panic people about... Black people riding in our streets to remember that caravan that was coming up the up Mexico and they were going to like storm the wall or something Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I don't believe you in your panic so jackass but pivoting from that my my work gave me a brand new monitor um, to bring home it's like 37 inches and it's curved and it's a game changer (laughs) everybody needs one of these things you can have like six windows up like full screen at the same time curved that's wild it's wild i mean it kind of makes my eyes hurt and i'm wondering if it's like (laughs) so much screen that i need those blue light glasses now or whatnot but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i can see it like might help with productivity if i ever find some motivation so get one uh well that that's crazy all right well uh well thanks for hanging in there pointers i know we we've been a little late um yes i've been a little busy so with the posting but uh zach is trying to further his education and better himself and (laughs) i imagine that's going to lead to me learning how to edit things yes uh so we're we're working on it so thanks for sticking with us in this transition time all right later bye bye Thank you for listening to Our Point. To stay up to date and for links of the articles that we discussed in this podcast, join us on Facebook and Twitter at Our Point Podcast. If you have articles that you would like us to discuss, feel free to tag us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can also email us at ourpointpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>